Looking for an in-depth, crazy, wild ride of a story? And need a good recommendation for a new book to indulge yourself with? Look no further than Crazy Is As Crazy Does. The Life of a Serial Killer by John H. Mudgett. A tensely clever, first-person psychological thriller that deep dives into the world of an experienced serial killer. The ebook is available for purchase via Amazon and is free for Kindle Unlimited readers. It is a graphic tale, as its cover suggests. In the story, the fictional protagonist, John Goodman, is an amalgam of human predation and darkness, carefully stitched from the ragged treads of multiple serial killers and mass murderers' lives. But though he is fictional, the circumstances of Goodman's dark life firmly rooted in historical characters and events. Crazy Is As Crazy Does begins in 1955 and follows John as he evolves from a timid and disorganized criminal into a powerful mastermind of deception and intimidation. The story takes readers on a journey through the 75-year-old killer's life, ending shortly after the capture of the Golden State Killer in 2018. But, like all unreliable narrators, readers are forced to grapple with an important question. Can they actually separate fact from Goodman's twisted fiction? Readers quickly discover that the real horror unfolding is twofold the murderous activities described by Goodman himself, and the twisted transformations of those around him, culminating in a shocking, high-stakes ending. So give this enthralling book a look by clicking the links below and see how deep the darkness goes. Does it make you want to hate murder, or does it make you want to do murder? Let's explore the darkness of mankind, one crime at a time. Welcome back to Rogue Darkness, the podcast that uncovers how the misinterpretations and misinformation surrounding witchcraft, the occult, and other beliefs have led many to do unthinkable crimes. From ritualistic killings and the demons that live in all of us, to exploration of the macabre and delving deep into the unknown. Let's explore the darkness of mankind, one crime at a time. I'm your host of The Grim and Gruesome, Raven. Let's go rogue and get right into today's chilling crime, the horrifying case of the notorious Fall River Cult. But let's start off from the very beginning. In the same town where the infamous Lizzie Borden took an axe and ruthlessly murdered her family, arose a sinister and bloodthirsty cult that thrived off of prostitution, drugs, and human sacrifices to the devil. On October 13, 1979, a 17-year-old homeless teen named Doreen Levesque was brutally murdered. Her body left on display underneath some bleachers, at Diamond Vocational High School in Fall River, Massachusetts. Two joggers who had been using the school's running track were the ones who had discovered her body. Reports state that when Doreen was found, the following morning after her murder, she was completely naked, tied up with fishing wire, with her head and face crushed, and with a baseball bat reportedly being shoved inside of her. Her face had been so badly bludgeoned that it was unidentifiable at first sight. She had only been identified by locals after a composite drawing of what she was assumed to look like had been released to the newspaper. 
Just a few short weeks later, on November 7, 1979, a second victim was brutally murdered. 19-year-old Barbara Raposa had been reported missing by her father on November 7, 1979, when she had failed to pick up her son from the babysitters, and she was the second unfortunate victim of a soon-to-be horrific string of murders. Barbara's body would unfortunately not be discovered by authorities until a few months later, on January 26, 1980. Her body had been found by hunters in a wooded area on the outskirts of Fall River. Her autopsy results suggested that she had been killed shortly after she had last been seen, which was reported to be around 8.15 p.m. on the night she was reported to be missing. Gruesome murders continued, though, with the third and final murder occurring three months after Barbara's body had been discovered. On April 13, 1980, part of a skull and other bodily remains were found in a forest in the outskirts of Westport, Massachusetts. The remains were that of a young mother and known sex worker, 20-year-old Karen Marsden. Karen had been reported missing by her grandmother on February 10, 1980, so it had been two months from her reported disappearance to when her remains were discovered by the authorities. On the very night of Karen's disappearance, police had actually questioned a distressed Karen as a potential witness to the previous murder of Doreen Levesque. Working in the same area as Doreen had, they felt Karen may have some insight on the validity of the claims that a cult involving sex workers was actually the perpetrators of the slayings. Karen had reportedly claimed that her pimp, later identified as a man named Carl Drew, who was a notoriously sadistic and cruel pimp, would kill her if he knew she'd been talking to the police. She asked them to drop her off at St. Mary's Church so she could talk to a priest. The officers reported that they had dropped her off at the rectory door, and that was the last time they'd see her alive. According to reports, when she spoke with the police, Karen had refused to identify Doreen's killer, and that she had also turned down their offer of putting her into witness protection. If only she had taken their offer. After the gruesome discoveries of Doreen, Barbara, and Karen's bodies, rumors began to spread that their deaths were ritualistic and barbaric sacrifices, done by a local satanic cult in Fall River that consisted of prostitutes and pimps. It was assumed that the cult would sacrifice women to the devil as a part of their sadistic rituals. When rumors of a supposed satanic cult began to spread, so did names of people possibly involved in the cult. One name that put up red flags all around the town was that of Carl Drew, the known pimp of Karen Marsden. As mentioned, Carl Drew was a well-known pimp in the area at the time of the murders, and he was known for being extremely cruel and sadistic to anyone who tried getting in his way or who defied him. Two local pimps were ultimately convicted in Karen Marsden's brutal murder, Carl Drew and Robin Murphy. A third accomplice, Andrew Malteus, received a sentencing of life in prison without the possibility of parole for the murder of Barbara Raposa. Robin Murphy was a 17-year-old madam who competed against Drew on many occasions and who law enforcement reportedly said was a fearsome pimp in her own right, according to an article taken from the Rolling Stone. Robin was also the main witness the prosecution used against Carl Drew at the murder trial, 
Her testimony was what had helped convict both Carl Drew and Andrew Malteus, tying them to the murders. It was also Robin who had stated Drew was the alleged leader of a devil-worshipping prostitution ring, which included both the convicted murderers and the slain victims. Robin had reportedly provided additional evidence and graphic details about the supposed sacrifices that led to the convictions. In exchange, she received a lesser, second-degree murder charge. Carl Drew was then convicted at trial and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, while Murphy pleaded guilty to second-degree murder as part of her reduced sentence for complying with the prosecution. Both Carl Drew and Robin Murphy are still in prison to this day, despite a lack of physical evidence definitively linking them to the murder of Karen and possibly other murders. The conviction was primarily based off of the testimony of Robin and corroborating stories from other supposed witnesses of the murders. Multiple individuals had initially been charged in Karen Marsden's murder. However, only Carl Drew and Robin Murphy were ultimately convicted of the crime. With a lack of substantial evidence to go off of, a timeline of events that just didn't clearly add up, and then multiple first-hand witnesses who had later admitted that their initial testimonies had been false, the uncertainty of who was the actual murderer or murderers involved in the three deaths is still heavily debated to this day. Robin Murphy had actually recanted her own testimony against Carl Drew at a parole hearing, saying she had been coerced by the DA to lie on the stand and to make false claims as a means to convict him for the murder. There is still much speculation surrounding this case, especially since it occurred during the time when satanic panic was on the rise. The authenticity of who did what and the assumptions and accusations made are still hazy, with many people speculating that there were many others involved in all three murders, yet only a few were caught and brought to justice. There's also some speculations that there was no actual satanic worship at all taking place, or ritualistic killings. Rather, some believe the killings were the murderer or murderer's way of playing a horrifying joke to steer authorities and locals away from what may have actually happened, to cover up their tracks, in a sense. But then again, many things are still unknown and debated to this day. In a bit more recent news, Robin Murphy had pleaded for release before a Massachusetts parole board on Tuesday, March 27, 2017. Tonight, the state's parole board is considering an admitted killer's request to be released from prison. It's a case that goes back decades and involves a murder prosecutors say was a ritualistic killing by a cult. Today, nearly four decades after the crime was committed, the victim's family had to relive her horrific murder. 37 years after pleading guilty to second-degree murder, 54-year-old Robin Murphy wants her freedom. I'd like to begin by apologizing to Ms. Monson's family for putting them through this once again. I feel that um, I am a different person today, certainly than I was 17, at 17 years old. The Fall River woman was just a teenager when police say she brutally murdered Karen Marsden as part of a satanic cult's ritualistic sacrifice. The murder of Karen Marsden is by far the most gruesome and heinous murder that I have ever read about. Murphy was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole and was released in 2004. However, she violated her parole and was back behind bars in 2011. It's clear that she's a pathological liar and that's an addiction. And that addiction hasn't gone away. I feel that uh, 
she should definitely not be released. In the years since she pleaded guilty, Murphy has gone back on what she initially said, denying any involvement with satanic cults and saying she had nothing to do with Marsden's death. We were lovers. I never saw Karen after the night I cheated on her, Sarah. During Tuesday's hearing, the parole board asked Murphy questions and witnesses testified. Robin Murphy should continue to remain incarcerated for her safety and the safety of the public. To think that someone I knew and had fun with was capable of doing such heinous things to other human beings, to friends. The only testimony in favor of Murphy's release was that of her attorney. Other people involved in this were all over 18. She was a child and a sexually exploited child at that with a significant trauma history. And I think that's important to note. I would ask that you consider her for release and give her the opportunity to prove to you that she can be a model parolee. After hearing many of the victim's family members speak during the hearing, the parole board ultimately denied Robin's request, but she will be eligible to apply for another appeal in 2022. So that was the case of the horrific sacrifices committed by the supposed Fall River cult, and why those murders caused mass fear and widespread anger all throughout Massachusetts and worldwide. When the satanic panic was in full force, many people turned to those beliefs and accused many people of being involved in cults and Satanism. With Robin Murphy's numerous story changes and a lack of viable evidence for all three murders, it's honestly hard to say who all was involved in these horrific killings. It's extremely sad when a victim is brutally and savagely beaten to death, and then there to be no definitive conclusion as to what actually happened. Whether or not the murderers were involved in a satanic cult, slaughtering their own members as offerings to the devil, or if it was just a ploy to keep authorities off the scent of the true killer's trail, the world may never have concrete answers. So let me know your thoughts on this case and if you think justice was served, or if more information is needed to make any solid claims. And if you have any questions or suggestions regarding this case, or any others, feel free to contact me at roguedarknesspod at gmail.com. You can also DM me on Instagram at rogue underscore darkness. I'd love to hear from all of you and hear your thoughts on cases I've covered or hear any of your suggestions you may want to hear for future cases. All the links to the articles referenced in this episode, as well as my socials and contact information, are all down below for your reference. If you like what you hear on Rogue Darkness, please consider sharing the podcast with your family and friends, and also by leaving a rating and review on Apple iTunes or any other platform where you can leave a review. It's a great way to help the show out and to get it more noticed. And as I keep mentioning, I do currently have a Ko-fi page, so if you ever want to check it out, the link is down below in the description for reference. Any support is always greatly appreciated, but it's never expected. And with that said... That concludes this week's episode of Rogue Darkness. The darkness is all around us, and I can confidently say that reality truly is more terrifying than fiction. Until next time. Hello! Hello.
welcome to BSP Believer Skeptic Podcast. The commercial where two idiots debate weird phenomena. I'm Chris. I'm the Believer. I'm Cody. I'm the Skeptic. We are an LGBTQ paranormal comedy podcast. And proud members of the Podmoth Network. So, did you know there's a creature in Japan called a kappa that tries to suck a bejeweled life force out of your anus? Uh, I did not, and I'm not even going to try debunking that. Instead, I volunteer as tribute. Okay, so if you like your podcast a little spooky, a little mysterious, a lot gay, do we have the show for you? Just listen and subscribe to BSP Believer Skeptic Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more content, search BSPodPHX on social media or visit BSPodPHX.com. Bye! Bye.